everyone has a story to share. And in celebration of the upcoming Momentum Fest event in Denver from June 24th to the 26th, I'm speaking with some of the presenters about their journey in the Pilates world, how they discovered Pilates and how they came to be teachers and instructors and studio owners. Join me for this lovely conversation today with my very special guest, Kristen Gimicelli of Garage Pilates in Orange County, California. Well, hi there. I'm Sarah Glanfield. I'm a business and marketing strategist just for boutique fitness studio owners like you. If you're ready to be inspired and make a bigger impact, you're in the right place. All you need are a few key strategies, the right mindset, and some support along the way. Join me as I share the real-life insights that will help you grow a sustainable and profitable studio. This is the Pilates Business Podcast. Welcome back to the Pilates Business Podcast. I'm Saran, and I'm super excited that you're here with us today. Um, I have got my coffee. I am ready to go. And I am joined by Kristen DiMicelli of um, Garage Pilates, or should I say Garage Pilates? In, in, I kind of like it with the accent better. It's awesome. I always get, I always struggle with that one. Um, she's based in Orange County, LA, and I'm having her on here today to talk to us about all things Pilates business, but also all things Momentum Fest. Because as a sponsor of the upcoming event in June in Denver, Colorado, um, Kristen will be presenting. And I wanted to give you all a sneak peek behind the scenes of what to expect if you're attending the event and maybe a little bit of, you know, what you could expect if you're thinking about attending (laughs) Momentum Fest. So welcome, Kristen. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And so happy. I'm so excited to chat with you today. But before we kick off, I've got loads of questions I want to ask you. Why don't we start? What can you tell us a little bit about how you got into Pilates and then maybe a little bit about how you got into your Pilates business and how that all got started? Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. So I am originally from a little place called Missouri. (laughs) And then when I initially moved to California, I moved to LA and I was committed to experiencing all things LA. And to me, you know, I'm talking like I tried sushi for the first time and went to the ocean and all that. But then I saw a Pilates studio and I seriously wish I could remember the name of it. It was on Crescent Heights. That's all I know. That was the street it was on. I was like, oh, what's this? So I went in and had a session on the reformer. And now I had never even heard of Pilates. I'd never done mat work. And this was in, oh my God, let me do some math. It was in 1998. So it's been a minute. Early days. Yeah. It was old school. And the reformer, okay, it wasn't, um, it wasn't like the wooden balanced body. That's what I have in the studio now. It wasn't that. It was um, completely black and really low to the ground. So maybe Allegro style, but of course in 98, I'm doubting it was an Allegro, but so really low to the ground. And I was thinking this is equal parts, scary, fascinating, fantastic, and a heck of a workout. And I had a teacher, some guy who really was excited about Pilates and he told me so much about, it. and I had, so this was my first experience with Pilates and a fantastic teacher. Like you're, you're winning when that's you're your winning. exposure. You're winning. For sure. A good first session, for sure. I left and I was like, well, that was weird, (laughs) but loved it. 
And then I ended up moving to the beach and life happened. And then the next time I took a Pilates class was basically on accident. I was really into kickboxing at Gold's Gym. And I went in for my regular 430 kickboxing class and the teacher was absent. And you know, in a gym setting like that back in the day, and this is probably 2000. Yeah, 2000. Um, I, they were like, well, we, uh, we are going to provide you with a Matt Pilates class. And these are hardcore cardio people that were displeased to say the least. <laughs> and side note, I was a tough student um, in, in whatever class I took there. So I always think like right now I'm living my karma. If I teach a class in my studio and there's a new student or a student who came and they really wanted to take class with like Leslie or Aaron or someone else at the studio and they see me and they get crabby and they, I'm like, you know what? I get it. That's my karma because I was the naughty little student and I was feisty when there was an instructor that wasn't who I thought it was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Oh yeah. But um, back to the kickboxing Pilates experience. So I took this mat class and I didn't jump in with the best of attitudes, but I remember thinking, oh, I like Pilates. That was that cool thing I did on the machine. So now I'm experiencing it on the mat and loved it, everything about it. So I stalked the instructor down and it turns out she teaches at a couple different like yoga studios at the beach. So I followed her there and I just got really into it. And the whole time I'm working as a pharmaceutical sales rep. So my job is very busy. It's a lot of travel, but I pick up these like little mat exercises I can do while traveling. You know, they're, they're easy to, and I think I'm kind of remembering them correctly, but you know, it was hard. So as life progressed, I got married and was still working in pharmaceutical sales, but it was time to talk about um, having a family. And I was like, I cannot travel like this and have a baby. I just, it's, I don't know how to do that. Um, and then I realized I quickly didn't even know how to be a mom, but that's, well, that's, we all. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of those learn on the go things. Yes, like that's, yes. First. So we made the transition. I was like, I love Pilates. It's something that I love to do. It's the only workout that I've ever been like waking up and thinking, man, I cannot wait to go to the Pilates studio today and work out. So as luck would have it, and I always feel like it, your life is set up kind of like divine intervention. It just nails it for you. Right around the corner from the house where my husband and I were first living was an amazing Pilates studio with a certification program. Wow. Very, yeah. Very, so very cool. it was um, Long Beach Dance Conditioning was the name of it. Marie-José was the um, head instructor. And I signed up for that. I was working in sales while attending. So luckily, no kids were in the picture now because I had no extra time. And then um, once I got the certification, I transitioned into that as a career. And it's been amazing. And then, so that was back in 2003. That's when I started um, my first garage. I got a reformer, a used reformer. I bought it from um, Siri Dharma Galliano, who was in Beverly Hills at the time. And I set it up in the garage and, and Garage Pilates was born. <laughs> and my husband, um, he had a job at the time. And since then he's transitioned, but he had a job at the time that required us to relocate. So our goal was, okay, when we have kids that enter school, that's when we're going to be like, okay, game on. We need to be settled and we won't move around so much. That hasn't exactly happened the way we thought, but you know. Um, so as a result of that, I had a Pilates studio in our garage when we moved around, but I also got the really good opportunity to work at different studios. So in Northern California, we lived... Um, in the Midwest, in New York, um, LA, Orange County. So we got to jump around 
And it was, I, I do believe that um, it's kind of geographical. Like I, it was a different style wherever I was living. Not so different that you would be like, what's this? But, you know, like a different flair on it. Right. So that right. was that was a good experience. I loved that. Um, so how many times did you move? Oh my gosh. Let me, let me do some math again. <laughs> <laughs> so we left Long Beach, um, went up to Redondo, then Northern California. We lived in Los Gatos up there. Um, we moved to Kansas City and then New York, not New York City, but like Western New York, like think Buffalo, New York. That's the part of New York where we lived. Um, and then back down to Southern California. And then so I've had six or seven garage Pilates. So then here, when we finally like settled in and the kids are in school and we're like, okay, we are here. Then um, the I got another piece of equipment for the garage. And then it, finally I was like, man, I got to I gotta get a brick and mortar. And it was actually, I feel really blessed. It was an easy transition because we had had, you know, I was... I was able to make the decision to get the studio after I had the clientele, you know? Right. And as uh, that's, and you know, I'd imagine having, you know, I mean, when you move locations like that, you are starting over because presumably this was, this is before the time of, you know, what we all know how to do now, which is online classes and taking clients exactly. wherever we go, right? This was yeah. like, every time you move, you're like, okay, this is a new business in a new area with a new set of clientele. What does this look like? So you must have gotten really, really, really good at getting new clients. Yeah, you, <laughs> you had a lot of practice. <laughs> <laughs> I love you know? it. Yes, I did. And I've always said, you know, um, kind of community is a big buzzword for me. And it's not like I chose it. It's just like, as I kind of glanced back at what worked and um, where my network was and where I get fulfillment and I feel good giving feedback, it's always been community. So I was always, you know, with the children in school, I was volunteering there or, um, you know, fast forward to recently, that was where it began, you know, just a little bit of volunteering at school, maybe some involvement in local businesses, just trying to support local. And now we, um, I'm on the chamber of commerce board of directors locally. I teach, um, at the high school, the football and cross country teams, um, I'm helping out with the youth center when they do their fundraisers. So it's like you get, you start a little bit and then find what feeds your soul and that grows. And for me, it's always been community when you, I love that we're in a place now, like they say, um, what is that saying? Like, if you're blessed be a blessing or something mm -hmm. like that. And yes. I really feel like I'm to survive the pandemic as a small business in any industry, you are blessed. And then at yes. that point, you just kind of like take note of everything you've got and what you can give and where you're headed. And it's, it feels good to be able to give back to the community at that point. Absolutely. And it sounds like you're very, you, you're a very natural um, networker, as it were, perhaps. Yes. Right. <laughs> and so tell me a little bit about how, because I know a lot of people have a really hard time with that. And it is such an important part when you're, especially when you're, you're in the early kind of stage of building a business. How do you, you know, what, you, you know, it, it probably feels very comfortable to you, but I know a lot of people have a hard time with it. So how do you kind of think about that? What do you, what do you say? What do you look for? How do you go and find those people that you, or those places even, where it feels good for you to be. Yeah. For me, it's been, I mean, having children has been like an, a segue into different organizations very easily. You know, their sports teams or band or whatever, you know, just volunteering at the school in general. Um, 
I would recommend if anyone is looking for new clients and they're new to an area to get involved in the school system, not like you have to go read a book at library time, but every school is always doing a fundraiser and you can very easily reach out just to the school office and they can point you in the right direction and the PTA moms will come in hot and happily ask you for any donation you want to give. And then suddenly you have a platform where you can market to them. And then, and then it grows. And then as you get to know the people that come to you first, because it usually does start with a donation of some sort, but it's an investment, you know, it's, um, you, you put that in and then you network and you meet people and you become um, familiar with their interests and activities. And maybe you share something common, you know, like maybe you enjoy paddleboarding with someone or, or whatever it is, reading this book or that book club. I've joined book clubs before too. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and I think that you sound, you sounds like you can't um, just give it all away without having that little follow-up and looking for those connections and yes. looking for ways to deepen mm-hmm. that connection. You know, it's, if you're, you know, I don't want, you know, it's not just about giving away 10 packs to the, all the, all of everybody without sort of really thinking about, okay, well, let's try and get that person to actually use that 10 pack and come in. And then how do we give them a great experience so that they then buy another 10 pack, you know, after the one they got for, they bid on at the auction or whatever it was that they do is, you know, so yeah, it's, it's about, you know, the whole journey, not just that one. Right. Step, and I know. feel like, um, I think people really are eager to help small businesses. You know, they become vested as when they're your fan and they're your client, they want you to succeed. So they're happy to share the word of your studio, but they just almost need a little instruction. Like people don't innately know what you need from them. So you have to be very articulate and not demanding, but just say, Hey, if you would like to um, repost this on your Instagram account, I would love the publicity or, oh my gosh, tell your neighbor or just anyone. So in their mindset, they're thinking, oh, I, I should probably, you know, share the benefits that I have felt with Pilates. So I think yeah. the probably the sales background helps with that a little bit. <laughs> I'm sure it does. It's just a skill that you've sort of developed over the years and yeah. you, you're using it in, slight, in a probably in a slightly different way, but that skill is there for sure. Yeah. And it is a skill. I think, And I think it's a skill you just, you kind of have to um, refine over time and, and it just, you know, until it just feels like it's very natural. And so it sounds like that's what you have been able to do so well, which is great. So now you are in um, Orange County and you have, um, you're in your kind of perhaps your, your, you know, um, your location, which you're not going to be moving around too much more. Like we are, we are, right. we are where we are. We're planted. And we're rooted. We're in. planted. That's it. That's the way. That's what, I was getting, that's what I was trying to describe. Yes. You are rooted. And so what does your studio look like today? So we have like our business plan is basically, um, small classes. So we have balanced body equipment. We have four reformers, four chairs. Um, and then the back, I have it set up with a Cadillac and a pedipole. We have the Coraline from Balanced Body, which side note, I tried that out at Momentum Fest last year and bought it. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, it's cool. They have like, um, where you can experience the equipment. So I yeah, that it. was yes. obviously it was a big hit with me because I invested, <laughs> but our studio, um, we have a handful of instructors, like five ish Pilates instructors um, a lot of them like different things. So I always like to just come together with the instructor and what do you love about Pilates and teaching it? Because they're different. You know, what do I love in my body and what do I love sharing? It's a different role and it fulfills a different need. But so, you know, you figure out, do I have some instructors that love to teach um, Pilates reformer classes? Some only want to do private lessons. Some 
live for mat classes. Some are like, oh, if I don't do it early in the morning, I'm not going to want to come back and teach at night. Okay. So now we know like no one's, nothing's good or bad. It's just different. And we're fulfilling all these needs. So our studio has four um, people, four students per class, and we keep it small, but we keep it rolling. So, um, and we just transitioned our, this, the hardest part has been the scheduling software for me. (laughs) What I have learned is I love to teach and I love to, you know, jump in and do the marketing and work with the community and things like that. But there's only so many hours in the day and I have three kids and a husband and a household and a pug. So there's a lot. Um, But what I've done is really identified the things I love and hired people to help me with the things that I don't. So um, I do have someone who does a lot of our tech work. Like she runs the timesheets and she does the um, shout out to Jana. We love you. (laughs) (laughs) Never leave. Exactly. Um, And she does all the skits. When we transferred, like, I don't know if anyone's done this. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying get ready. If it's, we transferred from one scheduling software to another and the migration, the data migration portion of the event was insane. And, um, you know, you, you get through it, of course, but I, so that whole experience, um, allowed me to identify a weakness in myself, a developmental opportunity. And that's when Jana came on board and she does that. So it's our studio is lucky enough to have assistance with that. Um, but we're right in the heart of, if, if our little city here had a downtown, we would be right there. So we've got it. Luckily we've got a great location. Um, we're well networked with all the sports teams locally and a lot of the other small businesses, um, again, back to community, like our, we're lucky. Um, so it's been, it's been great getting publicity and getting, you know, clients to know about us and come in. Um, we have the morning classes, we have, um, midday are primarily private lessons. We do throw in a lunchtime class here and there. And then early afternoon, we usually do like the we have a youth class on Mondays, teen classes, just like right after they get out of school, because we're right by um, two middle schools and a high school, so they can just walk over. Um, and then in the evening classes, we kind of roll through that. We have a couple of yoga classes that are um, that come into. We have to scooch the machines out to the side, and then yoga class comes in three times a week. Um, and then on what here's what I love, and I would give this as a pro tip <clears throat> to any studio owner, someone trying to make a schedule. We, um, our weekend classes are shifts. So we do rotating shifts. So no one instructor is committed to my Saturday is Pilates. It's like at the, at the beginning of one month, I look ahead and I reach out to the instructors and I say, what weekend would you like to work next month? And they give it to me. And if it's the same, then we kind of figure that out. And then I take whatever weekend is left if there is one, because sometimes an instructor's like, can I work too? I've got a vacation coming up. Yes, you can. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's kind of what our what our studio looks like. Yeah. The majority of our marketing is done um, on Instagram. Side so note: I do have three teenagers, so I try not to be like a big social media. Like, ah, put your phone down is usually what I'm saying. So, I have to be a good example of that. And that's been one of the biggest challenges with the studio is managing my time so that I'm not you know, cause you could get sucked into anything. Oh my goodness. And so totally. Yeah. So I have to like put it down, like do I, I made a schedule. Like what do I do on Sunday nights? I post all the classes coming up for the week. And then each day I have like just a highlight that I focus on that day and then I'm done. Then I put it down. Right. Yep. 
Otherwise, yeah. you have to be kind of strict with yourself. It's, otherwise, it really is like a black hole. You're it kind is. of like, yeah. wait a second. And with what happened to the last 30 minutes? Exactly. It's gone. <laughs> it's gone. It was gone two hours ago. Where, where am I? Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Especially with a busy home, a busy yeah. household, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, just uh, because I know that everybody is going to be thinking and wondering, what did you decide for your scheduling software? Just out of interest. Okay. You- so initially, we were doing um, acuity scheduling which was fine mm-hmm. when I actually was just in my garage. But once yes. we grew and once we had a multitude of instructors and we were offering different things and different packages, we outgrew it. Um, so it, yes. did, it did serve a purpose. I have nothing negative to say about that. No, it's a great system. Yeah. And then I was um, looking at a couple different things and I was contemplating mind-body because I feel like that's still like in our minds. It's the gold standard in the industry, but there are many more coming up. So we ended up going with wellness living. And it's been, you know, the usual hiccups, but yeah, always. yeah but we're not changing it. <laughs> Let me tell you. No, one year, once you're, once you're in, it's the, the, to move is, is a challenge as you already discovered. Yes, yes. Yeah. So we're committed. The data migration is not, is not um, always simple, right? but if you do decide to move ever, I think what you have done is really important is to be aware of how much is involved in moving. It's not something you can just flip a switch and be the next day is you're all on board with a new scheduling software. And, you know, it is very sticky because you have to move all your data. So it's, you know, it's worthwhile doing a, a lot of, a lot of research and demos and all of those things. The demos and, and are being, key. They, they, you yeah. think like, oh, that's a waste of time. No, it's key. And then it gets you an idea, like make a list of the things that you are displeased about with your current software, or if you, if you don't have a software and you're just starting out, like, what do you want? Like, what capabilities do you want? And then when you go in to talk to the salesperson, cause it's different, they'll give you a salesperson and then who your data migration specialist is, is completely different. different. So you have to really Absolutely. ask, ask the tough questions and ask the questions and, and even list the things you like about your current software and what it allows you to do. Because I've also seen people move softwares who, expected the new software to do the same as the old software plus oh, yeah. what they've told them. Mm-hmm. And actually it, it hasn't. And so then they've been halfway down this data migration and realized that actually, no, 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 no. Oh my God. Unwind. What a, Go what a raging okay. disappointment that would be. <laughs> and would, yes. And uh, how frustrating from a time perspective and all the things too. So yeah, so it's scheduling is, it's the software is, is important because you know, once you get that right, there's, it actually can open up a lot of opportunities in your business for not just sort of and new revenue streams even potentially, but also just behind the scenes ease and flow and automations and systematization, which just makes as a business owner, your life a whole ton easier. Anything you can, uh, I mean, make automatic is key. Like it's maybe it's front end loaded and you have to set it up, but then hands off and it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. That's where you talk. That's when things start to really start moving. Mm -hmm. It's it's a good thing. Yes, completely. I had um, one of my friends owns a studio in Utah, Tiffany, and she um, had like, well, I think the pandemic once again, um, kind of really built community within the industry. Cause I was talking to her and we were like, you know, just bouncing ideas off of each other. And I mean, sometimes the phone calls were co-commiserating, but usually they were productive. And, um, she had put together, um, she went online, which she already was, but she was telling me about the platform and I was, you know, I took a zoom class with her just to experience it and get in there. And from the client perspective, I liked wellness living. So I had a little bit of that. And then there's a Facebook group actually for studio Pilates studio owners. And you can write in a question there. And that's been a good sense of community too, because people were bouncing like, I have wellness living. Here's what I like. Here's what I don't like. And 
then I was like, the data migration will make you rip your hair out. <laughs> so that was nice. But again, you know, we, we do have a good community here, um, leaning into it and actually taking advantage of everyone. Sometimes it feels like uh, a, a vulnerable move to make, but I, I really do feel like everyone wants to help each other out. Like we're here for each other. It's a good, it, I'm happy with it. Yeah. And you know, you find your people yeah. who you, whose, whose opinions you trust. And that's kind of the important thing to find. I, I think that you have to find the people who understand your business, understand your industry. Cause people, you know, the, the, the only challenge with posting something into Facebook is that people will give you their opinions, but they assume your business is like their business and they, you don't, they don't know your business and it can be very different. And I've seen, I have, you know, I've been in enough of these groups for long enough to see two people who I know and they're giving each other advice. And I'm like, Oh, Oh no, no, no. Oh no. <laughs> How do I intervene politely? <laughs> can I, can I, can I just give everyone a bit of perspective yeah. here? You, you have very different business models and very different mm-hmm. goals and they, you both are working in the, you know, what you're doing was absolutely best for you, but just because it works for someone yeah. doesn't mean that it's going to work for mm-hmm. someone else. It's just like Pilates, right? We can't, we're not all doing exactly the same thing in exactly the same right. time. We're doing it in our own way or our own, you know, what, what we can and you know, what makes sense mm-hmm. for us. And so, yeah, it's interesting to see that all yes. of that too, but it's good to find your people mm-hmm. that you can rely on for smart, sensible advice for yes. sure. For sure. So um, I'm super excited that you're going to be presenting at Momentum yes. Fest. Yes. Oh my gosh, I am too. So I, the very first year Momentum Fest happened, I, um, I did not, sadly, I did not attend. Um, but it was like, gosh, 2018? Yeah, I think so. And so I did watch it. I didn't even know what was happening, but I did watch it like go down on Instagram. And I remember specifically um, Jenna Zafino. She was posting about it. And I was like, first of all, she is so fun herself, but her post, I was like, what? I don't understand why I'm not there. Um, I, I need to be there. So then the next year, um, I, I went, obviously. I was an ambassador that year, loved it. It is, if you've not been, the vibe is just the coolest, the most, well, again, community. It's, you can take as many classes during the day as you want or as few. I mean, you are at a nice hotel, like there's a pool, there's some fun to be had. You buy your ticket and then you have access to any and all of it. And then, um, and one of my favorite things is like the dinners at night. You just, the vibe is so welcoming that you can plop down with strangers and be like, oh, hi. And everyone's so excited to meet each other. It's like summer camp. (laughs) (laughs) for fitness enthusiasts, if you will. It's not all like, you're not doing Pilates eight hours a day. There's maybe, and there's some really cool, unique classes. There's cardio classes thrown in there. And when you have like, maybe you hit it really hard and did three workouts and then need a moment to rest your body, but you still want to be involved in the community. There are classes where you can um, just come and round tables for discussion, or maybe like I'm, I'm presenting a class um, this year on tapping which if you don't know what that is, it's think, um, think acupressure, but it's primarily for like neck and above and you, you know, your fingertips are key here and they would just tap into certain pressure points on your face. So the idea is meridians flow through us, energy, your chi flows right through you. Sometimes it gets stuck with, um, it could be a physical energy. It could be emotional trauma. It could be like a roadblock you've hit in your spiritual development. And this is a self-soothing and energy clearing technique. And that is a very, very reduced description of what it is. <laughs> but, you know, for time constraints, that's what it is. Um, and I have some really cool success stories just personally and with my family using it. But that isn't a crazy workout. 
it's more of, you know, we're going to dim the lights and we're going to really focus inward. Um, but that's part of wellness. Like that's, and I love that Jessica embraces that. She knows like there's movement and there's mind body connection. And then there's the amazing party on Saturday night where we dance our socks off. And I've never, last year was fantastic. When they played Footloose, I, you know, I've always enjoyed that song, but I don't know what happened. We all just hit the dance floor so hard. And I've probably heard that song just a handful of times since then. And it, it takes me back. (laughs) Yeah. Fantastic. I know. Isn't it amazing to get everyone together and in the same room after what a challenging couple of years we've had? You know, it's been, we've been missing and we've all missed it and we all need it. And you appreciate it so um, much more. And I think that's what happened. We were all just like all that pent up, like I miss people because we're social people. Even if you're not like a major extrovert, you still as a Pilates instructor or fitness instructor, you get something out of being one-on-one with someone and seeing them and, you know, feeding off their energy. So it's, it was so fulfilling to be back in there yeah. in the mix. Yes. Yeah. I think that's right. You feed off of other people's mm-hmm. energy so much when you're a teacher and you're working so closely with others, you know, and having not had that to the same degree as, yeah. For sure. Grab yeah. Into it, for sure. We were back out there. Wonderful. That was awesome. Oh, I'm so excited for you. It's going to be such a fantastic event again this year. I'm so excited that you're going to be there and presenting and sharing all of your amazing knowledge and, and meeting more people and all the good things. Yes. Thank you. Oh, I'm excited. I'm counting down. I did a count. I think it's like, what is it? 16 weeks, 17 weeks. It's not, yeah, it's close. March always gets confusing because we hit the March madness. And then I'm like, what day is it? I know. Are we doing double legs? What's going on? What do I post today? We're in the mix. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Oh, well, thank you so much, Kristen, for joining me today. This has been such a fantastic conversation. I could have talked to you for another two hours. This was awesome. Thank you for having me. We'll have to have you come back on some other time and talk more. And um, but thank you so much for coming. It's been wonderful to chat with you. Did you love this episode and want more? Head to spring3.com and check out my free resources that will help you run a profitable and fulfilling studio business. And before you go, one last reminder, there is no one way to do what you do, only your way. So whatever it is that you want to do, create or offer, you've got this. Thanks again for joining me today and have a wonderful rest of your day.